0: Pause for thought and join in the barking with Darren Rowe on the Mindful Dog.
1: It's the 6th of December and it's nearly Christmas. So join us now on the Sunday Cafe with Roman Travers on Magic Talk. And this week we're going to be talking about puppy preschools. How do you know you've got a good one? How do you know you've got a bad one? Listen in, find out. The one thing you should never do at Christmas time is buy
2: someone something they don't want, and that may well be a puppy. Darren Rowe is from Mindfulness for Dogs. G'day, Darren. Hi, Roman. Nice and clear, coming in crystal clear from Hamilton. Can you see Seddon Park from where you are?
1: Um, yes, yes, okay, sorry. <laughs> Can you? Yeah. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah. That, that, oh, it's such a beautiful yeah. cricket ground, isn't it?
1: And it's beautiful sunshine here as well, not to brag. but uh. oh, A good day
2: in <laughs> store for day four of the, of the test, the black caps. Are get, have you been following the cricket?
1: A little bit. I've been very, very busy at the moment, so I haven't had as much as I'd like to, but um, I can tend to a little bit more.
2: Yeah, yeah, brilliant. All right, let's talk about puppies and puppy preschool. We've spoken about it before, yeah. but it's, it's acutely important, isn't it, to get those foundations right from the start?
1: It is, yeah. I thought I'd um, sort of coming at a different angle because, as much as you can say to people, don't buy a puppy for Christmas because you haven't got the time. People always do. We've had. Gosh, we, we've been running now with about 35 puppies, um, it's crazy, isn't it, um, since before Christmas and I've still got people buying puppies and wanting puppy preschools over Christmas, but the thing is that doesn't happen, does it, because people, people have breaks, so you buy a puppy just before Christmas and then suddenly you can't find a puppy preschool, mm, yeah, and, and it's a really important, yeah, so we've really got to be thinking about that, but for those people that have, you may well get the odd person that's doing one, but how do you know what is a good preschool, because there are many, many different preschools out there, and mm. um, doing very 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 different things and again in New Zealand um, and most of the world there's no real standard for dog training so there's no real standard for puppy preschools.
2: That's a bit frightening (coughs) isn't it? Look you Mm. might have a question for Darren Rowe. I must urge you and implore you and warmly welcome you to call now on 0800 844 747 whether you've got a giant schnauzer or a bichon Frise, whatever it is your dog could do with some extra help and so could you undoubtedly. We can all do better. So Darren, if I was to come to you, you'd tell me where to go probably in terms of puppy preschools, your local vet as well?
1: Yeah, so there's a few different places that do puppy preschools. You get the independent dog trainers like myself that will do preschools. We'll talk about that in a minute. And then you get the vets that do the preschools, and also you'll get some of the um, some of the pet shops, like um, some of the bigger pet shops in Auckland and, and Hamilton that do them as well. Mm. So you've got a couple of different options. You, I suppose you've got to be aware about what, what their... Um, what, the, what they're doing in those preschools, because it's not just about your puppy going in there and, and getting the best foods or getting the best medical, te- uh, medical attention. It's about that puppy getting that socialisation, and that's really what the preschool should be named. Mm. Not puppy preschool, it should be puppy socialisation classes. Yeah.
2: What yeah. tends to happen, can, let's go to completely the other way, when you work with a dog that's never been socialised, what sort of uh, issues are you seeing?
1: Uh, well, that's my core business, isn't it, I guess, because the dogs aren't socialized. And in an ideal world, I would never have any clients because their dogs would have been socialized properly at the beginning. Mm. Um, aggression towards people, um, particularly small dogs with men, um, aggression towards other dogs, um, uh, small dogs and big dogs. We've only just got a look at the news um, a couple of days ago with the little Pomeranian where that where probably neither of those dogs have been socialized, so... You know, the, the end results can be quite devastating for both owners. Mm-hmm. Um, scared of of all sorts of things. Scared of cars, scared of high-vis jackets, scared of horses. Oh. The list just goes on and on. Scared of fireworks, the list goes on and on and on, Roman, it really does.
2: Yeah. You talk about the first eight months. Why the first eight months? Why are they so important?
1: So probably the first eight months, um, for me, if you were to... Socialize and train your dog in the first eight months, then you've set those foundations in place, and, and that's the core thing. If we were to think about our children, and I jump to uh, primary school teaching here, we teach maths. I used to be a maths teacher, so we teach maths in a way where we repeat the same thing over and over and over again in that first couple of years. Mm-hmm. Well, in the dog world, that eight months is effectively the first primary years of the school. So we teach the foundations, then we teach them again, then we teach them again, and then they're really embedded in the dog's sort of psyche, if you want to call it that. Yeah, and then when when that dog approaches something new they've got a lot of information to fall back on and then they can sort of rationalize it and say oh that's a bit like so and so so and so and therefore i don't have to get scared all the time yeah okay But what, peop- what people do is they do this first six weeks of puppy preschool and they don't do anything after that uh, yeah and it just doesn't embed enough yeah you
2: know? no that's right and look well, you and i have been speaking about this sort of stuff for a long time now it comes down to time and that's what i was saying at the start of the segment is don't buy someone a dog if they don't want one it's yeah. a cute little thing to buy, but it's not something you stick in a cupboard and forget about. you got to have the time to put in, don't you?
1: You have, and, and I think what you have to think about is it's just exactly the same as a child. Um, so... And, and and probably even worse because with a child you've got a few years, haven't they? Because they develop over a lot longer. Mm. Whereas puppies, they the, the whole of that up to 14, I think they they recommend they reckon that a, a one year old puppy, a one year old dog is about a 14 year old child. So you've got that that whole 14 years condensed into into one year, which is crazy. The amount of stuff you would need to do to uh, to make that that kid resilient and 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 deal with the world basically <laughs> yeah
2: no, that's a good point all right we've got texts coming and i'll come to those soon but calls are really good too you, mm. you can have a decent conversation with darren rowe from mindfulness for dogs here until about half past on 0800 844 so for uh, a nervous type puppy let's just say i don't know what breed you'll know what breeds are more nervous than others how do you teach them to play with other puppies how mm. do you encourage that
1: yeah, so, so one of the things that you've really got to be careful at, and I, I'd, um, I'd encourage people when they go to puppy preschools to, to look at how those dogs interact. So if your trainer there just lets them all play completely and doesn't stop them regularly and doesn't narrate what's going on, mm. then that's probably someone who doesn't really understand puppy preschools. So um, when, when puppies play or when we have a puppy, a young puppy, we've got to give them experiences and i think what some people forget is we've got to give them positive experiences and that means they don't get scared so there's a whole biochemistry i could go into if we had about 12 hours but basically we're trying to teach the dogs to deal with good stress so that they don't have to deal with bad stress and therefore their tolerance for stress is much better as they get older Mm. so letting um letting a little tiny say schnauzer puppy uh run around and then get mobbed and jumped on and mauled by um Say like a Dalmatian, big Dalmatian puppy, Mm. um, isn't going to let the Schnauzer build that resilience and build that stress um, tolerance level up. Mm. So that's when that person needs to, the trainer needs to be separating those dogs. Not to say that they can't play together, but just needs to be separating them, let them calm down, then play again. Okay. You
2: talk about how puppies interpret signals from
1: other breeds, and how
2: they communicate. How do they? Is that something that's naturally instilled in a breed, or that can be encouraged with puppy preschools?
1: well, I've always gone down the lines that um when puppies are playing, they're actually learning how to fight, and it's what they're doing, really isn't it? um some people would argue with that, but I think they're actually learning how to fight, but they're actually learning how to um de escalate all those sort of sick all those uh aggression things that are coming out because puppies don't have any control emotionally do they at that age mm. and, and they're learning all those little signals so that they never really have to fight when they get older um, the ones that uh, don't learn how to play when they're puppies they're the ones that don't have that emotional control don't know the signals and then end up it ends up escalating into a fight later so so different breeds same kind of thing as people isn't it different people have different sort of mannerisms so i know that some uh, um, people in in um, europe the, the social space is way closer to other countries um, mm. english people are very standoffish so and and Italian people are very much uh, much closer Mm -hmm. so um, that also happens with dogs so some breeds like your bull breeds will come straight into your face and that's what they do whereas your your Irish setters for example like I've got oh my gosh if you're 100 metres away from them that's way too close at the beginning (laughs) so so puppies have got to get used to that when they're young and, and not get intimidated by it so we don't um, separate our small dogs from our big dogs when we do puppy preschools. We moderate it and we're totally in control of the whole area, but we want those little dogs to realise that if a big dog comes charging up, it, it doesn't mean it's scary, it just means it's another big dog. Brilliant. And they can manage that, yeah. I okay. Think it's really important.
2: It is important. It's so important to get it right from the start, and you can get the best advice right now for free on 0800 844 747 15 past nine with Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs back with your call in just a moment. Ripping into it with animal behaviour, particularly dogs, with Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs on 0800 844747. By the way, reminding you, the cricket comes to you live and free from Seddon Park at about a quarter to 11. And in Hamilton at the moment is Darren Rowe. And Dave joins us this morning. G'day, Dave. Good
1: morning, Dave. G'day, mate. Here you you Um, Not too bad uh, to myself. Interesting problem you okay.
0: got an interesting problem for your friend there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, i got a dog from a rescue shelter, and um, I've had quite a lot of dogs, and I'm pretty all, all right at training them. I've never had a bad dog. But um, with this dog, uh, she seems to be good with socializing and everything. But I'm guessing the previous owner was a white woman, and for some reason she doesn't like white women.
1: Ooh.
0: She goes How- nuts, and I cannot get her to stop. And um, I don't know whether she beat her or what, but mm. anything else—dogs, people, fine, kids, adults, fine. But a white, a normal white woman, man. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's um, that's actually quite a lot more common than you realise. Um, but not not as many white women. More normally, sort of big, tall men, to be honest, of, of any nationality, I guess. But um, how old is your dog?
0: Uh, my dog's about, it's coming on two now. We got two, it when yeah. it was just over, uh, not quite one. Okay. And yeah. um, it was very timid and, and sheltered. Yeah. It took us a long time to get her to come around.
1: Yeah, so I, I think you're like. probably... I think you're probably on the money. There's probably something that's happened there. It's not necessarily if a dog's been beaten or anything like that. It might just be that the woman was quite intimidating to the dog mm. um, and, and overbearing, and that can sometimes be like... The, the best way is the thing called... Um, uh, I would invest a dog train. I know I certainly wouldn't try this myself, but the, uh, the thing that you can do is that like counter-conditioning where you're you're reconditioning the dog to like thing that it's scared of but it's quite a a technical thing to do and you really do need the guidance of a of a behaviorist or a dog trainer to help you with that because of safety as well one thing i would do now because you've got the possibilities of a a bite with that person is i would do some muzzle training on your dog not not because i think the dog needs a muzzle but because that keeps it safe we train uh, we do muscle training with all our dogs Mm. just in case we've got that situation but yeah uh, that's a tough one really isn't it it is is not it? yeah the the thing is that if it if it when when you've got the trainer coming in if they do it to one person that's not going to solve the problem that has to be generalized out to lots and lots and lots of different people and it can take considerable amount of time for that dog to be um that dog to actually get the, the message that they like that white that sort of white female um the other thing is i guess that um It's all about trust for you as well. You need to build your trust that your dog's going to actually behave in the right way because that can take even longer.
2: Mm. Yeah, And maybe go back to the person who had it, Dave, and do some muzzle training on her. She sounds nasty. All right, 0800 844 747 to have a chat with Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. Nicole joins us now. G'day, Nicole.
1: Hi, how are you? Yeah, good morning, Nicole. Um, Just just ringing up regarding a puppy
0: I have. uh, It is a Croft. Um, it's okay. about eight months old, and it has the old excitable slash submissive peeing issue. Just wondering, oh. I've done a few things to try and stop it. Will he eventually grow out of it, or is this something we need to keep working on?
1: Yeah, is that when you, when you come home or when, when you meet him?
0: Um, it is all the time. So if we all come the time. home, we've done the whole, you know, ignore him, be calm, make yep. sure he's sitting and that he's, you know, okay. Um, and it will take a good five minutes before he stops sitting.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, really? And
0: then staying with strangers or just
1: anything right. that's exciting, or if someone's
0: standing up too quickly, he finds it, you know, goes yeah. and Yeah. He's so he's well socialized,
1: so. Yeah, so. Well socialized. Yeah, so, well, the word socializing is interesting. Most people assume it's socializing with dogs, but actually socializing with people and, and things is actually more yeah, important. We've got a um, huge family, so he, he is well
0: socialized. We're still on a farm, so he's got eight guest right. horses and all sorts
1: yeah yeah sounds like he's got the adidic life apart from that um i would i would probably do a couple of things i would first of all get it checked with a vet just to make sure there's no medical sort of issue there that's going on um also when dogs get really excited if you think about it if that um pelvic floor muscle is not strong enough then that's what That's why they pee. Um, So you can do some, um, this sounds strange, you can do dog yoga. If you look it up, some awesome um, things you can do where they they go on wobble boards and stuff like that. Um, And you can teach them to build that muscle up. It might be worth doing that one. The other thing is I would be thinking um, if you've got lots of people that are very tall, I would be uh, interacting with the dog on the floor or coming down to my knees because that that whole difference in height is quite intimidating for dogs and that can sometimes get them scared and then they can lose bladder control there. Mm. And that's quite common with little dogs.
0: Okay, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. the um so call thing's amazing. We'll
1: definitely give that a go. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's some i just have a little search for on the internet. There's some great people out there.
2: Yeah, good idea. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks for the call. Um failing that, maybe get a, a leg extension for the dog or something, I do know. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. stilts. <laughs> well yes, stilts. O eight hundred eight double four seven four seven. That's the number to call. Susan's on the line. G'day Susan, how are you?
0: I'm good, thank you. I have a little problem. Well, actually, it's a big problem. I have two (laughs) Afghan hounds.
1: Oh, oh, wow.
0: Yeah, one's ten and one's nine. They're both champions, so they're used to being to a show ring. Of course, they're not being shown now because of their age. And my bitch has virtually become uncontrollable.
1: Mm. Okay. In um well good morning first of all, but um, and and so lovely to have someone phone with an Afghan. Do you know what? I saw an Afghan um in a little talk I did um, recently and it's probably the first Afghan I've seen in New Zealand. Um, just don't see them very often. So Are you still really breeding? No, you are don't you still now. breeding? Yeah, are you still breeding or? Uh,
0: no. Unfortunately my bitch won't do that
1: either. <laughs> that's a shame. So so um when you say she she's she's goes oh. crazy <laughs> Um, what um what does she what's she actually doing? What kind of behaviours?
0: Okay. She, if I take her for a walk, we don't like cats and we don't like other dogs.
1: We're quite happy
0: with people, but not with other animals.
1: Which is quite bizarre considering she would have been in the show ring, I guess. Um, Yeah. I thought she would have been pretty socialised to other dogs. Um, Has anything happened to her in the last sort of like year two years um with other dogs um
0: only a general anaesthetic.
1: uh do you know i had a recent um uh, a recent client that had a dog that was neutered under obviously under anesthetic and then came out of that and his behavior has been absolutely appalling afterwards so whether there's some sort of thing that's going on there um that's quite possible maybe a vet would be a better one to speak to. i'm sure they would say it wouldn't be but but there must be some sort of changes in there that's mm. the only biggest thing uh-huh. isn't it um i guess it's a, a tough one without seeing the dogs because I know Afghans are they they, they can be quite um, sort of predator prey wise, can not they? So they can be quite scary because um, they're hunters, aren't they? If, I was, if I'm right, is that is right?
0: Oh, they, yeah, they were they're hunters, King's hunters I mean, weren't they? Yeah. <clears throat> these guys went to puppy school, as they, they've been through the ring, um, yeah. so they're not scared of strange people.
1: No, so or, so one thing I would one thing they, I would do actually is I'd jump back to I jumped to using a harness rather than on the collar I've that can sometimes, a harness. okay well wow, it sounds like you're doing everything Um, whereabouts are you are you uh, in, in the Dunedin. country? In Dunedin that's a shame um I, w- I would probably um, again I'm default into the looking at a trainer because I think it's a lot, lot more complex um the situation because mm. they've been socialized they're used to other dogs there's obviously something that's happened there that needs to be unpicked I would say yeah, um, interesting. Quite eh? happy to quite happy to take this offline and give me a call, and we can have a longer chat with you about it if you want.
2: Susan, stick around. We'll give out the contact details mm-hmm. in just a few minutes here for Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. Do you know what? I haven't seen an Afghan dog since no. I don't know 1970 <coughs> something. <coughs> wow.
1: No, that's right. Yeah, I did a little talk um, uh, with a, um, a little pop up shop the Furlove, love, and um, someone walked in with this great big uh, Afghan. It was like, oh my god! Everyone just melted. They are just mm-hmm. stunning. If you don't know what they look like, look them up online. They are stunning dogs.
2: They are beautiful. Is it fair to say that? They're kind of like an Irish setter, or not really. Uh I think I'd be doing a disservice to all the <laughs> breeders out
1: there if I said yes. But that's, should we say they're similar size and have very long coats? Oh,
2: beautiful long here. <laughs> so, I'm kind of guessing here. Do they come from the Middle East traditionally?
1: Do you know I'm I'm not actually sure. Um, uh, I'd have to, uh, yeah, I don't want to say something wrong there. <laughs>
2: no, neither do I. All right, let's get into the text here. 3920, if you'd like to send a text through. 0800 844 747, if you'd like to call Darren Rowe. Help, help, this one starts with desperation here. I've got two three-year-old border collies. They have a lot of physical and mental stimulation, um, but they're seldom left alone. If I do have to leave them on the deck for a couple of hours, the neighbours say they bark incessantly. I've left bones, many Kongs, which is that toy, treat yeah. balls, ice cream containers filled with ice and treats. Help me. Please, please, please help.
1: Wow. Um, <coughs> that's a tough one, isn't it? i um, three years old and, and still got separation anxiety with their owner. Um, I, I'm i going to say take him to a doggy daycare. Give him, give him another outlet during the day that would be a good start at least it would give your neighbours a break Um, the last thing you want is a council complaining Um, lots of separation from them it sounds like they may be even siblings if they're both three years old so probably separating the Barking may well be just them playing really intensely Mm. might not actually be barking at people. Um, so Twinkle and Star now, they're nine months old and when they run around, you'd think they're killing each other. They're like playing like really hard, barking their heads off. So we're <sighs> having to separate them now. When they go to daycare, they, one goes into one side and one goes into the other side. It's quite funny <laughs> just to get that separation. <clears throat> so it might be worth looking at that one.
2: Darren, just on that, if you are looking at buying a couple of dogs for Christmas, would you buy two puppies the same age at the same time or is it just crazy?
1: generally speaking i would say no um mm. if you've got a really good dog trainer at hand then it's an option that you can have because you've got that guidance but for the for the normal person i would say don't even go there um, particularly some breeds um just you just don't want siblings together but then saying that we we always have siblings <coughs> so i'm losing my voice a little bit we always have siblings um, when we buy puppies just because the for me the the positives that you get from the siblings outweigh the negatives. Yeah, okay. You that, need to make sure you train them together. And, and the can part. I just
2: point out that you are an expert? Most of us yes. aren't, so there yes. you go. Now, this yeah, text is right. quite interesting. It talks about an obsessive-compulsive disorder in a dog. I think I broke my dog as a puppy by playing with a laser pointer. She loved oh, it. Oh, God, yeah. She loved yeah. it, and she still loves it, but now she loves anything shiny. And the Isn't pointer it? as a pup was on a keychain. Now, if she hears a keychain... She goes nuts, basically, looking for a laser pointer for
1: 20 yeah. minutes or more. It's not a spaniel, is it? It doesn't say, no. Oh, or if it's border collie, we've got real problems. Hey, that that is a definite um, canine behaviorist. You need to get them in really quickly. And um, please, anybody out there with a puppy, it's not cute. It's not fun. You're just going to cause so much problems with your dog if you do those kind of things. Even, mm. even the, um, I've seen people with their watches catching the sunlight, thinking it's great for the dogs, sparkling oh. around. Please don't do it. Dogs will just freak out. Oh really? And then you've got a problem for yeah. I've seen it too many times. You've got a problem for life, and it's it's a, as a canine behaviourist, it's a really hard one to deal with and, and to solve.
2: Okay. All right. Here's a tricky one. This is a, regarding a, a rather large dog, which of course was used back in the gladiatorial times. A Napoleon Mastiff. Is it wow, Neapolitan or Napoleon?
1: N- um, <coughs> it's, they normally call it Neo Mastiff. So Neo Mastiff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. This
2: one's this one's three years old. He's a rescue dog, and we've just had him for a short time. My question is regarding. Pet Roll and Biscuits, okay. they give him the, the well, basically diarrhoea is what it's saying. He loves cooked chicken and red meat, but it's very expensive, and he's 60 kilos plus. Now, Maria is basically asking if she should shy away from the Pet Roll and Biscuits, I guess.
1: Um, so, again, I'm not a nutritionist, and there's, there's better qualified people from that, but the way I look at dog food is if you give your dog food and it, it gives them diarrhoea, it's not good for them. Okay. So golden rule is if it goes in and it's it's comes out nicely <laughs> then it's really good for them if it, if it comes out in diarrhea then it's definitely not good for the dog okay going Truth back to the
2: obsessive compulsive disorder the texter has come back to say it's a Hunterway cross with a smithfield
1: okay. yeah you any any of those kind of herding dogs that's why i was curious um yeah um please please wherever you are get a canine behaviourist to help you all right and, and ask them if they've done this sort of thing before
2: yeah now look I know there are people who listen and they listen intently because they're too shy to call and they don't want to text they just get a bit nervous but they would love to get in touch with you to get things back on track Darren so how do they find you
1: yeah so you can find me on social media just search for mindfulness for dogs remember it's at number four or you can uh, go to my website mindfulnessfordogs.com and um, I'll be there Check yeah. out the blog,
2: brilliant! And uh, we love the work you do. You're helping sort out New Zealand's dogs, one dog at a time. So thank you, I Darren. Hope so. Yeah, thank you. All well the done. very best, Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs here on the Sunday Cafe.
0: You've been listening to Darren Rowe on the Mindful Dog, giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.